Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh man. Yes. Yes, Eric. We're back. We're back. We, I think I think every episode we say we're back because we never really know how much time will pass until the next time we see each other. Will it be two weeks or will it be 25 years? We don't know. We don't know. Uh, welcome, everybody, to uh, the same Peaks Y'all podcast, a podcast where two librarian geeks talk about the classic 90s television show Twin Peaks once every few weeks. You got it. Uh, my name is Tess. And I love the TV show Twin Peaks. And this is my co-host, Eric. And I am learning to love the show Twin Peaks. Each time we discuss an episode of the, the TV show on our podcast, it is the first time I am otherwise viewing or consuming it. So you can experience the world of Twin Peaks through my eyes that are obsessed with the cream corn kid. Didn't show up this episode. <laughs> I know. We I really here. thought that would have been the twist. And we have a special guest with us today. Our good friend, friend of the show, JR from Rap. And podcast is rejoining us. Hi, Jr. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> what a wonderful man. Jr. Came back from France just yeah. to do this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it would have been. Co- I mean, it, it sounded amazing, yeah. right? You're telling us about your trip, and it was like you came back just for us. You cut your trip to France short <laughs> just to record with us. And that we was really very appreciate kind. Yeah, that. that was nice of you. Thank you. No, I mean, I I feel responsible because I said that. W- you know, would love to be on for this particular episode. And you were like, okay, we're ready to record. And I was like, well, I'm going to France for a while. <laughs> uh, and so your poor listeners had to wait like an extra month basically because of me. And I, okay. I apologize to all. Has yeah. it been an extra month? It, I mean, it's been a while, but that's okay. I told, I told uh, JR, it's like, we just do this podcast for funsies and freezies. Yeah. And I think we've gone over a month between episodes. Uh, so we have. I think it's, our listeners are used to hopefully, it. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully our listeners understand. I know our good pal Guy Dudeman knows, but like sometimes we, uh, Guy Dudeman gets it. Alex gets it. All uh, of them get it. Best friend Chris gets it. Yeah. By the way, I do have some emails. I should start us off with some emails. I'm not going to read them word for word because we've got a lot to cover. This is a (laughs) this this is is a really big episode. Just in case (laughs) anyone's just now joining us, like this is the correct me if I'm wrong, Tess. Yes. Season finale of season two of Twin Peaks. Yes. Now. I have so many questions for both Tess and JR, but I'm going to save them to whether we're in the recap or after the recap, because I'm curious about if I was to put myself in the the, the brains of the people watching this in 1991 or so, what did they know about the future, right? right? Well, you had asked me to, yeah, to yeah. do a little bit of research, and so I did. Uh, so here's our update segment in which I tell you what I found out, and okay. also I will tell you about our emails also. Mm-hmm. So what I found out, and JR, I'm sure he's our resident Twin Peaks historian, so he can correct me if any of this information is I think that's fair to call him that, yeah. But from what I could find out in my research, you had asked, did people know that this was going to be the end of Twin Peaks? Like, you and I are watching it knowing this is the season two finale and that there was no more Twin Peaks for years and years later. But did people know that back in the 90s? And um, from what I found out uh, through my research is that, no, they did not know that the show was getting canceled. Oh, boy. 
the season two, so season one was like very heavily hyped by ABC, which was the network it was on at the time. And so going into like six months out, they were saying this is the event of the season. You must watch Twin Peaks. And a lot of people did watch it. And a lot of people dug it, including a lot of critics had good things to say about it. And then season two went a little wibbly wobbly. And a lot so of people, funny, right? a lot of people lost interest in the show after Laura's murder was revealed. Also, apparently because the show is not episodic, which yeah. was very different from other shows on TV at that time, you had to watch every episode. So if you missed one, you were lost at that yeah. point. So it was hard to keep up with the TV show. Also, the network kept changing like when it was on. So that was a struggle for people. Also, the Gulf War began, and ABC started showing a lot of footage of the war and preempting episodes of Twin Peaks. So people went weeks without watching the show, and so they kind of lost interest that way. And also, David Lynch had kind of lost interest in his own show. But he came back to direct this finale. Okay. And as you know, Eric, it ends on a cliffhanger. But it was not strong enough for ABC to renew the television show, and it got canceled, even though it ended on an epic Okay, now I've got questions. Well, I, I, oh, JR. Yes, I, JR has something to add. Things, couple things that I would add to Historian. that. Historian. Yes. Uh, and and I, can't, I don't know if you've talked about it before, but ABC put an incredible amount of pressure on David Lynch and Mark Frost, the creators of the show, to reveal Laura's killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't want to. They wanted to draw it out for as long as possible. But it was the executives that forced it in, I believe, episode seven of the second season, which was the last episode mm-hmm. that David Lynch directed before this one. Yes. Uh, to where where uh, you know Bob kills Maddie and is revealed to be Leland. Um, so that was and it's and it was really a dumb thing to do because it was part of what keep, kept people watching the show was not knowing who who, who the killed killer Laura was. Palmer. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. They, According- they, they answered that question and then they kind of left. Yeah, Although they- the general public didn't know yeah. that the show was canceled, uh, the creators of the show knew that it was over. Okay. When this episode was being shot. Oh my they, they goodness. Knew, they, they knew wow. that, that it was not going to happen again. They were screwing one, one with of, us. Well, one so one of the things that is like really important about this episode is what we watch has almost no relationship whatsoever to the script of this episode. Oh, David Lynch came in to shoot it and basically threw the script in the trash and rewrote the whole thing as he was shooting it uh, wow. on the fly. Wow, on the wow, fly. Wow. I mean, it's, and there, and I'll talk about later. You know, some of the things that are in the original script, which are just nuts. Uh, <laughs> d- d- David, t- David Lynch took a totally different approach um, w- with with this episode. The other thing that too is they moved it to a ten o'clock at Saturday night time slot, which was just totally insane. It was like ABC was trying to kill the show. Yeah. Uh, by moving it to that show, like I think Bob it was also directly. Com- yeah. I think it was directly competing with Northern Exposure too, which was probably a bad idea because there was a lot of crossover between those two shows at the time. I know I watched both of them at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I, but it, so that so although when we were watching it, we didn't know that it was the last episode. Uh, and, and some of the actors probably didn't know it was the last episode, but definitely David Lynch and Mark Frost and Harley Payton and Engels, that they all knew that it was over when it's happened, which is part of why although they were frustrated, the writers of the show, Mark Frost, 
Bengals and Peyton were, you know, basically said, okay, David's going to do his thing. Yeah. Wow. I, I heard a can quote. Can you hold on for I, I'm really apologist. Can you hold on for a second? I'll be right back. Yeah. Sure, no sure. He's taking a break. Yeah. I heard a quote, Eric, yeah. from David Lynch who said that when they revealed Laura's killer, they killed the golden goose. Yeah. In that, like, all of his great story ideas kind of died with I, that. I've told reveal. you before, like, when we started watching this, this show together for the podcast, and I hadn't really watched any of it, I had thought, um, and I didn't really know anything about Twin Peaks other than it's about, like, who killed Laura Palmer. Yeah. I really thought we would get to the end of season two and maybe even <laughs> the end of The Return and it's not know. Yeah. That's what I really thought. So I was really, and to be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing for me. Like, I was... Almost pleasantly surprised because the who killed Laura Palmer for me was <laughs> okay, but to me, I feel like coming like I'm from the negative world. I'm from the reverse world. I thought it got better after we realized who killed Laura, and we could like not move on, but like go to wherever we're going. Well, I think also like in our era of television, like a, a golden era of television, we I think are in it. We're sort of more. Um, I don't know, ready for, like, supernatural explanations to yeah, things. I yeah. think back then people were like, oh, what, is it, like, someone from outer space? Like, yeah. that's a stupid way to, like, solve the issue. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. so I think, you know, times were different back times then. Times were different. The, um, I, I want to ask, too, about, like, the movie, but I'm going to wait until we're through <laughs> this episode just so we can set the stage, because for if anyone's consuming Twin Peaks along with us, that would be the next thing yes. after this, right? yeah. JR, are you back with us yet? I thought I heard- oh, yeah, I'm here. I, I was okay. with you the whole time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt I just, him. I just had to mute it to yell at my kids because they were making too much noise. <laughs> 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 you said, I'll see you again in 25 years. The um, Are there any other updates? Yes, uh, our emails. Uh, we got an email from Alex, um, but I'm going to save that. For, to read in our next episode because a lot of it has to do with the return. Okay. Alex, as we know, is very excited for us to get to the return. And so they wrote a pretty long email about the return and how we might want to approach it. Um, but I'll save that for the a- next Alex, episode. Alex, can I tell you that I am also excited about the return? <laughs> and then we also heard from best friend Chris. He just sent us a nice email to say hi because I think we were worried about him. I was him. very worried we about him. We hadn't heard from him in a while. He's doing a lot of work and apparently he works outdoors. So I think we should just send oh, some love and kindness to best friend Chris because it has Here. been really hot all over the country this summer. Let, let's send him a few seconds of loving thoughts. I hope you stay cool, Chris. I used to have a job where I worked outside. Before I worked for the library, I worked as a meter reader, which is just like walks from house to house all day. And, oh, boy, it is hard work, you know? I always assumed best friend Chris of the cast was actually just a professional best friend. (laughs) He was our best friend. And then he was like, okay, it's Monday. So now I'm going to be, you know, this CEO's best friend. You're doing great, buddy. He offers his friendship. He offers his friendship. By the way, uh, best friend Chris maintains a Facebook page for Mm -hmm. St. Peace, y'all. So if you like, you can go over and. Uh, uh, like and follow the St. Peaks Y'all Facebook page, which is maintained by our best friend. He often makes lovable, best friend of the cast. lovable memes using our faces and <laughs> Twin Peaks assets. <laughs> uh, so those are our updates. Cool. Hey, JR, I had sent yeah. you the Log Lady intro for this episode. Would you mind being the Log Lady for us? I would not mind that at all. But okay. first, can I turn to a comment that you made earlier? Oh, please do. Sure. So you you mentioned this thing about how in our current era of television, yes. 
we're not as surprised or weirded out by strange or supernatural explanation of things. Mm -hmm. That's true, and that's specifically because of Twin Peaks. Yes. Twin Peaks is that important. Twin Peaks reset the standard of what we accept as television. And so, but that actually brings up another thing. When I watched this episode in 2017, <laughs> I rewatched it to get ready for the return. Mm-hmm. I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. It holds up so well. <laughs> this is the most significant hour of television in history. <laughs> and, but then, then a couple weeks ago to get ready for the show, I watched it and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's basically pedestrian <laughs> compared to The Return. So oh. The Return itself resets the standard not just for TV, but for Twin Peaks itself. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah, and, and but then I watched it again last night, and I was like, no, it is really, really it, good. I uh, have... Actually, we'll, we'll get into this when we get into the recap, and especially, like, our fish in a percolator and all that, but I gotta tell you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted because of my excitement for the future, but... Also, I was going to float at the idea of to revisit the past. <laughs> you want to rewatch the well, show remember, again? Well, <laughs> remember how we did a recap at the end of season one? Yeah, and should I was, we do a, a season two? We, we can discuss it maybe at the end, but All I'm right. just, because you, you, here's the deal. For me, do you know what year it was when I watched the first episode of Twin Peaks? What year was it? I, I don't know. That's how long it, it was when we started this podcast. 2017, You know, I think and like in this episode, a lot of characters returned from like that, was it the fourth episode or so, when he's got like that dream or permission. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, they're back. And I was like, that was literally like 18 months ago for me or more, yeah. you know? Yeah. Probably two years. And it was just like this weird, like part of me was like, I want to go back without needing to, uh, needing to. Stop. Stop for the show, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. I mean, the sacrifices I make. <laughs> <laughs> um, boy, this episode. All right. So, um, uh, Mr. JR, if you wouldn't mind yes. reading the Log Lady intro to us. Yes. And, of course, for context, the Log Lady intros were written by David Lynch. Yes. And I think shot by David Lynch with a Margaret Coulson, who, who, or Catherine Coulson, who played the, the Log Lady for, like, some German DVD release or something. Yes. But but, the, but these are actually David Lynch's words, so it's important to keep that in mind. All right. Okay. So, end now and ending. Where there was once one, there are now two. Or were there always two? What is a reflection? A chance to see two? When there are chances for reflections, there can always be two or more. Only when we are everywhere will there just be one. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. And I actually read that incorrectly because it actually says, will there be just one? And I said, will there just be one? Anyway. Snaps for you, JR. Thank you for reading that. Thank Um, you, JR. Also, it's uh, worth noting that in this particular uh, uh, Log Lady intro, uh, usually it's just the Log Lady sitting in her chair with her log. Um, In this one, the (laughs) the camera starts to zoom in on her, and it zooms in all the way into her face. And then into the white of her eye, and then there's like a static noise and a like a the sound of like a door slamming. Wow! Yeah, it's a very Fantastic. ominous, I, ominous video. I've been watching a lot of weird. <laughs> slight tangent. I've been watching a lot of weird stuff on YouTube with Freya lately, my daughter. <laughs> and when you told me like it zooms into her eye and it goes yeah. into the white, I was thinking. And then Terry Crews shows up for an Old Spice commercial because <laughs> we've been very much into Old Spice commercials lately, Freya and I. Wow. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freya, such good taste. 
So um, I, I, this intro when she's talking about doubles and reflections yeah, yeah. is very I feel like entwined with this episode sometimes the intros are like where did that come from I know. and then some of them are like oh yeah this spot one, on it's because there's like doppelgangers in this episode well I had told and, you before and you know we're kind of jumping around a little bit but I told you before like I had a prediction that the movie fire walk with me yes wouldn't even have to do with the show like I really and I don't know maybe it doesn't but I really thought that like Twin Peaks season two like at the end the end of the end was gonna be like the end of something and then the movie was just like something else mm-hmm. and now I could be wrong and maybe that I you have to tell me if the devil will peck my eyes out or not now I feel like the movie might exist to wrap up some things in the show but I could be wrong you know we'll find out we'll find we'll out together there. yeah so uh, several fortnights <laughs> <laughs> yeah next we're going to do uh, our recap of the episode and man what a jam-packed episode this is this episode was uh, arbitrarily titled uh, Beyond Life and Death. It mm-hmm. is episode 22 of season two. I'm going to recap the episode. Eric and JR will fill in with color commentary. Yeah. JR will probably have some like really sweet tidbits we for us. We should probably warm up our vocal cords. Oh, for our for song. song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which you can either, we can either go back and forth, because sometimes yeah. when we, we don't harmonize perfectly, or we can harmonize, it doesn't matter. Yeah, JR, as you remember, our, um, <laughs> our, our jingle for when you have something really interesting to tell us is, ready? Story time with JR. So we look forward to that, as, uh, as, as one does. Um, all right, we open... I've also got my handy dandy highlighter in case we just in case we encounter any there might mysteries. be one or two mysteries in this episode. <laughs> there might be one or two. Um, we open on the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station and Andy is comforting Lucy, mm. which I love this scene because Lucy's having like a low key panic attack. Like this, I related hardcore to this scene because she was like, "Oh my god." The lights went out. What if the lights go out when I'm at the hospital and I have to deliver my baby in an mm-hmm. elevator? Like she's gone, like full worst case then scenario. I'll deliver your baby in front of God and everyone else. <laughs> Their love is so pure, and Lucy tells him that she loves him. I think that might have been the first time <laughs> that she told him that they have a romantic kiss. And so at this part, Freya did watch it with me. Oh, and when yeah? they kiss, Freya looks at me and gives me a big hug, and she gave me a kiss. It was oh. really nice. Yeah, I was like, thank you, Freya. <laughs> It was really sweet. How old is your daughter? <laughs> two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, and a half. yeah you're, you're enjoying the ability to watch Twin Peaks with your kids. It's going to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost wanted to text you this morning and be like, do not watch this in front of your child. Was this one that disturbing. scary, you think? I thought it was very scary. I think sometimes like things that we think are scary, like to her or a kiddo her age, it's either just like funny or just weird. Because there's, oh, yeah. there's a few times where someone would like kind of disappear. Yeah. And she would look at me and she'd go, where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell her, I'm like, I don't know where they I, went, I, Freya. I, I don't know. I do not know. Yeah, I literally yeah, I don't mean, know. And th- this is like 1990-91 network television. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the right cutoff is uh, middle school, right? That's where I was <laughs> when I was watching it. So, yeah. that's eighth, eighth grade is about right, I would say. Um, in the conference room, Coop and Hawk are staring at the map on yep. the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman bounds in to announce that, like, I don't know, something like deputies from three neighboring precincts are out looking for Earl. But Coop knows yeah. that it's not going to be that easy. He knows it has something to do with the map. He notices that the map has a giant and a little man 
and fire, as in fire walk. When with he me. noticed, I was astounded that I hadn't noticed earlier. <laughs> right, they're right there, a really giant man and a little man. Yeah, um, Pete comes in to report that his car was stolen. By the log lady. Yeah. He thinks it's the log lady driving towards the woods. Um, and Dale Cooper says, the log lady didn't steal your truck. The log lady will will be here in one minute. Yeah. I, which I thought he was going to say, log lady didn't steal your truck. It was Wendell Merle. Right. He's, but then he predicted the future and said. Yes, he did. Okay, I need to remember you got to highlight. Go ahead yeah. and highlight that for me. All right. Yeah, because this brings up a lot of questions. It, like, like, how much of the future does Cooper it, know? And I got to I gotta admit, Tess, like, it's kind of, this is going to sound silly, but, like, I know when we record, other people can hear us other than just you. <laughs> but I, I do have to admit, JR, like, having such a uh, an expert... I am getting a little nervous, like, when I do my mystery predictions. Normally, I don't care if they're completely wrong, but I get a little self-conscious around you. So just a heads up, I'm going to do a lot of wrong mystery uh, predictions in the next segment. Just a yeah. heads up, you know? Yeah, JR, I don't know how long you've been listening to our podcast, but at one point, um, Eric <laughs> predicted that Maddie was an android that was built by Dr. Jacoby. I believed it for so oh, long. Oh, wow. I believed it, I believed <laughs> it for so it's a great theory right no i mean i you get extra credit for that (laughs) there was absolutely there were a lot of moments where i was like but tess where the remember when i thought she hasn't eaten anything remember i was watching her like when she drank the soda i was like but did we see her drink the soda did you see how quickly she smashed those glasses that wasn't regular strength no i mean eric there are no spoilers here but i was a devotee of this theory that the last two episodes of The Return, if you watch them at the same time, that they synced up oh. in very significant ways, which is like the one theory ever that David Lynch has publicly said is bullshit. So don't feel bad. <laughs> Everything else, he's like, maybe. And then that one, he, he actually, I heard when he did a when he, he did a press release, he actually said, that one's bullshit, JR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was he called you up personally. He came to my house and told me it was bullshit. <laughs> Uh, what would you do, Jr. Real quick. What would you do if he came to your house right now? Like, what? What if right now, knock, 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 he's at your door? What would you do? I would make him some coffee. Of oh, course, you would. You look at that. That's, <laughs> that's a perfect. That's answer. actually a good answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there is questions now arisen by how much, uh, how much does Cooper know? Because yeah. it would be frustrating to know some of the future and not all of it. Sure. Sure. Um, well, go ahead. I guess I, I've got something here. It's kind of. Imp- something to think about as we talk about the whole episode yes one of the things that david lynch strongly believed in was the character of cooper being this sort of fully formed character that exists almost outside of plot and he was kind of upset the way that cooper became this character who reacts to stuff Mm -hmm. he's not this sort of you know the same sort of singular character we saw in the first season in the beginning of the second season who is, you know, like like I said, sits outside of the plot. He's not just like being the buddy to Sheriff Sherman or right. reacting yeah. to what's going on with Windermere or uh, being the subject of the FBI inquiry. Like that's not the Cooper that David Lynch believed in, and the way that he changed around so much, so many aspects of the script of this finale uh, go to that, and you see this new. You know, or an older Cooper who's not, you know, reacting to things. He's sort of standing independent of what's going on in the plot and not sort of reacting to things. He is the show. Yeah. He's become back to be part of the show. 
and, and the centerpiece of the show. He's finally um, beyond the board. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, they notice, or, or Harry, I don't know, he suddenly remembers that there is a circle of sycamores <laughs> in Ghostwood Forest <laughs> called Glastonbury Grove, which is, I guess it was named after the burial place of King Arthur. And then the log lady enters, carrying a jar of oil. And according to her husband, the oil is a opening to a gateway, and mm-hmm. it smells like scorched engine yeah. oil, which we will remember. Jacoby smelled yeah. when Leland slash Bob killed Renault, and Ronette smelled. Welcome back, Ronette. But, <laughs> the t- Tess, night. can you imagine my surprise when I was like, who the hell? And then I, luckily I was like, because... It's been what two years for me in real yeah, time, right? It's yeah. been two. Years. I was like, I think Freya was like six months old, and yeah. and but luckily they just enough context. I was like, oh, I do remember her yes. slightly. Renette yeah. smelled that this. engine oil, and that engine oil stuff wasn't in the original script. That was another thing. That was the thing that David Lynch added to tie back specifically to the episodes that he was involved oh. with. Gotcha. Do, do you remember now? I do. I don't remember all my stupid theories, but do you remember <laughs> my theory about that smell when Dr. Jacoby smelled it? What was it again? My theory. So Dr. Jacoby smelled some burnt oil smell. Oh, didn't you think like maybe the whole town was on some sort of like power grid well, or something? I did think that, but my specific theory was that. The smell he was smelling was the black getting burned out of Leland Palmer's hair. Because remember his remember his hair turned white. Remember his hair turned white like not long after that, or during that. And I was like, he was smelling it getting burnt out of his hair, and then he had pure white hair. <laughs> so it's so much fun to go back and think oh, about these things, man. Um, but Ronette, of course, smelled that the night that Laura Palmer was killed, mm-hmm. um, and. Then- then we have Wyndham Earl. Um, he's driven his truck into the forest. He scary has, scene. He has Annie with him. Well, it's a scary scene until Wyndham Earl shows her all the fish that are in the back of the truck. Well, I'll tell you right now, I yeah. still, I still <laughs> thought it was scary because I thought the fish were significant. Oh. I really did. And I'm not even going to bother highlighting it. But then I was like, because how many trees are there? Oh, were there twelve trees? I don't, I don't know if there were, but then I was like, I don't know, I didn't remember number stuff, and I was like, maybe, <laughs> and there maybe, because at first I was like, maybe he stole the car because he needed twelve stupid rainbow bass, and then I was like, because this is how the show works, and I was like, rainbow bass, because I think they're rainbow bass, and then I was like, rainbow spectrums of color, oh my god, <laughs> black and white, black and white. <laughs> the show is done to. <laughs> My god, everything means something. Yeah. Um, Wyndham Earl says he can feel her fear yeah. and he likes it. Although I feel yeah. like Annie is very brave in this. Very scene. yeah, she was Yeah, no, she is. Mm-hmm. This, this and this is this is more direct. There's a totally different scene written here. Oh, really? And they say, as they were as they were shooting it, um, yeah, literally uh, it was supposed to be that Wyndham Earl was going to give this long speech about how I'm Wyndham Earl. And David Lynch is like, no, don't do that. Just get into the truck, grab her by the hair, smash her into the window and say, look at that, 12 rainbow trout. <laughs> so Forget David about Lynch. what the script says. This is much better. Oh, he is correct. Uh, he really is. That is great. Um, it's very memorable. Um, anyways, they walk in the dark to Glastonbury Grove, yeah. and this scene freaks me out so much. Like, just walking in the dark with a flashlight is so scary to me. Uh, 
Can you highlight uh, King Arthur real quick? Yes. I, I know it's literally 10 minutes ago, That's but okay. just something that occurred it. to me when I was watching it that I forgot to, you know. Okay. <laughs> Wyndham Earl says he has an appointment at the end of the world. And I Annie know. is like, Coop's going to come for me. And yeah. he's like, no, he's not. And then, and then he drags her into the circle of trees and she appears to be entranced. He says something. Do you remember what he said? something about there's dead and dead and we holding hands and I'm holding your hand and then she's she's in a trance. He put a spell yeah. on her. Yeah, and like then... hocus pocus. <laughs> and then yeah, a red did. curtain appears and they enter. No, the I curtain. was actually watching this on my phone. Yeah, because oh. I told. I, yeah, I know this is crazy. David Lynch would not approve. Of I know. That. Well, I no. wanted, I wanted to watch it on my TV, but our our internet was down. Well, I don't know if it was down for yes, you, but our internet was that. down, and I, I called our provider, and I was like, "Dude, you don't understand. I'm recording with Jr. I need to watch this. Show. You don't know who Jr. is. Shut up." And then I am, and he he was like, "Guys, it's it's down in the whole area. There's nothing I can do." And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna bring up it on my phone and use some data to watch it, right?" <laughs> yeah. And so when the curtain came down, I had to do a double take. I was like, "Is this?" Am I looking at my my curtain behind my head? You know how it's reflected in yeah. the phone? And I look closer, and then I realized that, that it was fine. And then after that, I was able to stream it to my TV. Oh, and then good. it was okay. But I didn't... At first, I was really surprised by there being a curtain there. But then I remembered. Red curtains. The curtain. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doc Hayward is fixing up Nadine and Mike... <sighs> Apparently a tree fell on Mike. We saw the sandbag fall yeah. on Nadine, but Mike also had a head injury. A tree fell on him. Yeah. Um, it happens. And uh, he's he's uh, fixing him up, and Mike is declaring his love for Nadine. Um, but then Nadine is like, suddenly sort of back to normal. She doesn't remember Mike. She doesn't remember the arrangement between yeah. Ed and Norma. She suddenly remembers that she's 35 years old. She remembers her drape runners and wants to Which, know why they're not here. Drape runners. <laughs> great callback to that first season, <laughs> yes. right? The drape runners. She goes, where are they? And then also, so my first thought was that this is heartbreaking because, yeah. oh, someone sent us some kind love. Um, did you yeah, feel that? I yeah, did. that felt really good. Perfect. I felt it was heartbreaking because it was like Big Ed, Big Ed's finally out, right? Yeah. Like or so had, we thought. And so we thought, so I don't know what the future holds, but it was like, he was going to be out. She was happy with Mike. And then her memory came back or whatever. And now he's not stuck, but he's back in it, right? Yeah, maybe. With, without, without, like, taking big steps forward, like a divorce. Also, in this scene, Doc Hayward's f- fixing Mike and Nadine's yes. bloody heads. Yes. And Big Ed and Norma are over there, like, making out. <laughs> By the fireplace, he's like snapping his fingers. I was like, gonna say, Big Ed's a he's having a summer. grand old time. He's probably thinking how he's happy a tree didn't fall on his head. Like it's just really weird. Highlight him being extra in love because okay. there are scenes later where there are people like super in love, which is like really. I think there's something going on here. <laughs> okay. okay, this I love this scene. It's like <laughs> so Lynchian. Yeah, uh, because it. It, there's just so much pathos that he just pulls out of these actors. And, and uh, originally, the way the scene was written, Nadine is just like kind of shrill and annoying, as she was sort of as we saw her before. Mm-hmm. But he totally reshot it so that she ends up being this sort of 
pathetic victim. Yeah, it's uh, kind of tragic. Surrounded by this stuff. Yeah, it's totally, well, she, absolutely she's tragic. She's like, Ed, help get him out of this house. What's yeah. going on? Yeah, and Ed's yeah, like, no, that, that, that confusion that she has. And Ed's like, like I want great. him to take you out of the house, right? You know, it's a really tough spot to be in. And poor Doug Hayward's like, ah, uh, uh, This is above my pain. This is above my, I put some bandages on your bloody head. I'm going to have to go get Jacoby. Yeah, a tree fell on you. Um, Donna is... I, I guess she's running away. She's got a suitcase. She wants to leave. Uh, her mom and Ben are there, and yeah. they're like kind of trying to. Reason you know, with it, her. it's come out right. Like they're hashing yes. it out. Yeah, and Ben is, Ben is like, I was just trying to be and to do good. Um, and then Doc Hayward arrives. And also, Sylvia Horn, callback to, like, I think we only saw her for 15 seconds was that in one what, episode. <laughs> we saw her for 15 seconds until the brie and butter sandwich showed up, <laughs> yeah. and then we forgot about her. Yeah. I actually was like, who the hell is this woman? And then I was like, oh! Like, I was able to figure it out. Yeah, like yeah. And so, uh, Doc Hayward and her are like, Ben, what have you yeah. done? You've ruined this family. Ben feels bad. Doc Hayward, like... He, ben is like begging for forgiveness, yeah. and Doc Hayward like punches well, him. He doesn't just, he's like, get out, get out. And he, like, Doc Hayward's normally like, hey, I've, uh, I've, han- I've handled everyone as babies. I'm just real chill today. Oh, you said there's ghosts in the city. Okay. You know, and then today he's like, he punched him. He lays him, he, he lays him from, out. Yeah. He went from like Doc Hayward to Doc Banner. And like, <laughs> shut up. What did you think of that last night? <laughs> right? And you wrote it down. You wrote it down. I said, I got to use this. You went from Doc Hayward to Doc Banner. I swear, I just thought did you? of it. That's really good. He's, yeah, he, he loses control. And Ben is like bleeding. Well, he takes the punch, right? Yeah. You know? And then. Uh-oh. We move away from that scene. Well, Doc Howard, well, no, he doesn't take the punch. I mean, he he hits like the mantle, of the fireplace. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's he, fantastic. But, I mean, this is this again. I, I it, this is the same sort of lynching and madness. Like David was like, "Hey, that's a pretty nice plot line you got there. Let me wrap it up with an explosion of violence, pathos, and head injuries." Yeah, yeah. And that's what you get. So he and uh, yeah, it's did awesome. he, classic. Did he get punched by Hayward at all? He like got, he got punched and he then hit his face. And then fell into oh, the, like, I see. Because like, like, he's like the blood streaming down from his forehead. Like yeah, he well, could it be dead. Looked, it almost looked that. like he hit the poker. Well, like, that you poke into the fireplace, yeah. and I was like, well, I didn't know if Doc Hayward had like a ring on or something. Like you know, like. <laughs> cut him you know um and doc hayward falls to his knees and he's like yeah. um yeah I, no it's great I, I i actually remember for you know watching this thinking that you know ben was 50 50 chance was a goner yeah. i mean go ahead and highlight him you got it and um i don't know i mean i feel like maybe we should well i was well i guess it would be wrapped up in mysteries i was gonna say just predictions for the future but that, that'll be the same we'll thing do, as we'll mysteries, talk about it in the essentially mysteries. yeah there's so much stuff so many mysteries. So many. Oh, we should have a segment. Of that. Yeah, Andrew Packard realizes that the key is a key to a safety deposit box, and he switches it out with mm. another key. He's like, "They'll never know." And he turns around and he sees Pete like waving. It's to him from funny a, too, from a dark corner. I know that he's like an older gentleman, but he's not being very quiet. Like he's like the. the <laughs> he's like talking to himself. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> And like the stupid like cookie dome thing is like clang clang clang, and the key is like jingling jingling. 
And Pete's like, oh. This reminded me. That kind of reminds me of like when you play D and D and you roll like a low stealth, yeah. and and the, D, and the DM <laughs> says you feel very stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you're just like stomping through the woods and falling into things, humming to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Packard, uh, he he rolled a one on stealth there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Coop and Truman are in the woods. And Coop announces that he must go alone. He gets close. Yeah. Like, he's not exactly at the ring, but he's, like, you know, within walking distance. And he goes, I must go alone. You know, I I noticed that in the scene when he says that, it's almost like he's in a sort of trance himself. Yes. And his his voice changes. He he goes from his normal voice to, I must go alone. You know, it's this very sort of deep, almost monotone voice. Yes. Maybe we'll see that again. I'm not sure. <laughs> You're funny, Jared. Could we highlight him being in a trance? Yes. And, and I guess retroactively highlight Annie being in trance if I hadn't okay. done that already. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. you. Um, Such a good note taker. You're welcome, sir. Uh, as as Coop is walking in the woods, he hears owls hooting. He sees the oil. He sees the footprints. And then Truman, who even though he said, I have to go alone, yeah. Truman has kind of been following him this He's whole time. He's got like his gun with him, and too. And Truman witnesses Coop enter the curtains. You think Truman sees the curtains? I, I was curious yeah. about that. The, I don't know. Do you know what the curtains... I don't know if either... Jay, are you a big gamer? Do you play video games? Or used to, like, in the 80s? I, I've, I've, <laughs> occasionally. The, those big red curtains, I don't know why they didn't make me think of it before, but with Truman walking through it, it made me think of the... the, the, the begin- like Coop walking through Coop, it. Yeah, Coop walking Truman through witnessing. it made me think of the beginning of Super Mario Brothers 3. Like, there's these big red <laughs> curtains that come down oh and Mario God. and Luigi are running around. I don't know if there's a comparison. Is it influenced by I mean, well, this was this would have been. <laughs> let me think. Let me get my math right. It would have been around the same time, I think. Maybe a little bit before. It doesn't matter. But do you think Truman saw the curtains? I don't know. Or did he just see him disappear? Because at first we see Coop just kind of almost like reaching into the darkness. And I was thinking maybe that's what Truman is seeing and we're seeing the curtains. And so just to make sure we're on the same page, because it was kind of dark in this scene. Yes. There's the circle of trees. Yes. And a circle of... And then there's like a little like patch of oil on the ground. Yeah, and the oil's in that circle, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but it was so dark. I didn't know if it was something else um and then we get a scene in the bank (laughs) phenomenal there's this lady sleeping and then we or dead who knows (laughs) who knows mr del mibbler the banker Mm -hmm. uh audrey walks into the bank she promptly chains herself to the vault uh, to protest the bank's involvement in the Ghostwood project and its effect on the environment. Mm-hmm. She tells him, like, you go ahead and call the Gazette and talk to Dwayne Milford Jr. and tell him all about this injustice. Um, and also, will you get me a glass of water? <laughs> Which we then see in real time. Mr. Yeah. Mibbler walking very slowly Mr. to a water cooler. Is it Mr. Mibbler? Yeah. He, I felt so bad for him in this scene. Because you can tell he's just clearly like, this is the busiest day of my life. Like, yeah. I, like, he's like just so like bewildered, you know? Yeah, he's uh, he's past retirement. Like He probably can't retire. He hasn't saved enough money yet. And then Ironically, because yeah. he works. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so now we know what Audrey was doing at the library. Yeah. She was studying all that civil civil disobedience. Yeah. Um, and then Andrew and Pete walk into the bank. Mr. Mr. Mibbler, uh, shocked to see Andrew, 
we had a funeral for him. There's so um, many flowers. There were choir boys. There was everything, you know? <laughs> uh, and then they, they very easily walk into the vault. Like, yeah. At first I was like, how are they going to get through? And then I had this terrible moment. I was like, are they going to cut our arms off? And then it was like, oh, you're just going to move past her. <laughs> just walk. When she chained herself to that that to the door to the vault, I thought she was doing it to get back um, John Justice John Jacob Jingleheimer Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. How how was that? I don't know oh, how. Okay. It's not my job to figure out how. I just <laughs> I just thought she was doing it, and she was like, "Call the paper and tell him, tell John Justice Wheeler that I'm here." I don't know why. And then I realized that's what she was doing at the library. Um. And then they go to into the vault. They open the safety. Oh, wait, real quick. Before all this happens, yeah. there's kind of a weird moment where someone gets a phone call at the bank. It looks like a, maybe a security guard yeah. at the bank. And he answers. And it's like, oh, it's a boy. And I can't figure out, are they talking? The only baby that we know of that's going to be born on the show mm. is Lucy's baby. So I don't know if they were calling him to tell him that the baby had been born or if this is just a random scene to show that there are other humans in the bank who have lives going on wait but i'm I'm gonna say with knowledge of how things go in the return that it's the latter Uh, i i thought it was that that he was it was his own son i mean he's apparently not going to the hospital for it but Right. Or maybe it's maybe it's a cousin or whatever. I think it's just someone uh, in his life has the security guard. It's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's this whole circle of things going on that outside you know, we don't of know about, yeah, but, outside of what we've been yeah. watching. Which and is, you, you didn't you didn't mention the walk for the glass of water. Oh, I, which is I, like, I, I thought like I did. Yeah, long. yeah, it's like real time, yeah. real time walking to get the water. And it's fantastic. He's like barely. I love it. He's so like barely much. moving. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, he puts the glass down and it's like looks like it weighs 30 pounds in his hand when he puts <laughs> that glass of water down um, uh, so there was a bomb in the safety deposit box yeah. and 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 now the bank is exploded and the bomb note said it said something about like I got you or whatever yeah. it's from Thomas Eckford. I thought it was going to be from Catherine oh no so that would be what, what I thought was you know how he got the key oh the she I thought got I there. thought she had got the because she's always like 30 steps ahead I thought she had taken the key already for real she rolled a 20 on stealth took the key already <laughs> put another key in there that led to the bomb and blew him up. That's what I thought. But then I realized it was from the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was his plan all along was to, to get his revenge on them. Sneaky, sneaky. That's a good revenge. Yeah. Well, it, and he blew up an entire bank with other people yeah, inside yeah. of it, including Audrey, yeah. including Pete, including this random security guard who apparently has and a new life. in Mr. In, Wimble. And Mr. Mibbler. And, and the, that sleeping that lady woman. Of course, sleeping was woman. Sleeping and... Who knows I feel who like was in the vicinity? Should you just circle that so we could just make we some predictions? Because this felt very similar in some ways to the season one finale, where like it ends and you're like, there are multiple lives at mm-hmm. stake. You know, it's very exciting. Um, I don't know about you guys, but my yeah. suspension of disbelief was totally thrown because if the <laughs> bank were to explode, there would be like cinder blocks and other things that would be <laughs> flying out before. Not just glasses uh, and dollar bills. A pair of glasses and dollar bills. I, I'm of course joking uh, but 
Do you think it blew up the whole bank? It looked like it did. There was that scene from the outside of the bank. Oh, I guess so. I didn't even put that together because I was thinking like the vault. It just blew up. I was thinking. Well, I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that really looked like stock footage. Yeah, yeah. It really. Well, I was. I was thinking. I was thinking the bomb blew up and that it would be contained by the vault. Mm. But then the glasses must have somehow. Shot yeah, exactly. And ricocheted down a hallway. The trees. Yeah. yeah. And which then, are not already covered in debris for some ma- reason. Maybe, <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Maybe we're over. Maybe we're not either overthinking or not thinking about it enough. Maybe the bank blew up and someone walking by took their shades off and went, damn. <laughs> threw, them <laughs> threw them down. And then also, like, he threw some money and it was like, damn. And the money flew in the air, unrelated to the actual explosion going on in there. Maybe. Look at that. Maybe. Got, Tess, uh, first, first of all, no matter what else happens in this cast, I'm very happy that I made JR laugh. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I'm going to go home and I'm going to think about it later today. <laughs> um, we're at the R diner and we see Major and Mrs. Briggs getting cozy in a booth. So I guess Major Briggs is okay. Yeah. Because we were worried about him in the last Remember episode. Remember we were worried. He's okay. He seemed to have suffered some sort of brain injury, but now he seems And remember fine. he was talking all crazy yes. and all that, but he's fine. Yeah, he's he, fine. He's That's cozy good. with his wife, right? That's good. And Bobby and Shelly are getting cozy. S- see what I mean? Remember how I was like, everyone's like extra cozy. And I do have an idea. So okay. highlight them being cozy. cozy. Extra amounts of love going on okay. here. You know? Bobby wants to marry Shelly. And yeah. she's like, dude, I'm still married to Leo. And he's like Leo's probably having a great time. And then it cuts to him like, Leo is still like waiting for the spiders how to long, fall upon him. How long him. has it been? Oh, is it like twenty four hours? No, it can't have been. No, because uh, he. I don't know. It's been a long time though. It's the next day. Yeah, it's been overnight, and then the next morning, I'm <laughs> holding this string in his mouth so the tranches don't bite his face off. And and another break in in the like plot momentum yeah. is Heidi comes in, who is apparently another waitress at the R diner, <laughs> and Shelly's like, "Oh, why are you late? Were you?" Having sex with somebody, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They're making a bunch of references, and she's just giggling. And um, I thought the Germans were supposed to be on time. It's so weird. Well, we, we, no, this, this is in the pilot. Was Heidi? This in is the a pi- complete. Re- oh my this god! Complete you're recreation right. of it happens exactly like that in the pilot. Oh where my she comes god! In late, the same lines are exchanged. So it's right. uh, it, it's a total direct throwback to the pilot. It is. It's in the very first episode. That very first. And then that and then made for TV movie appropriately. And then Bobby episode. barking is a is a reference to him barking in Thank the jail. You. I remember when they that. when they put him in the jail for War Palmer's death. He he barked with his buddy Stan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jacob. Yeah, no, it's a. It, it's a direct tie back. You know, this is so. even more. We'll discuss this later, but this is even more reason why we should go back, <laughs> right? I mean, because I mean, all joking aside, not to keep harping on this, but I, I really do like surprise, surprise, love the show now. But it's like because we do this cast, which I'm so happy we do it because I wouldn't have watched the show if we didn't. But because of it, that pilot you mentioned, Jr. Like it's so many. Yeah, Frank was probably six months old. You know what I mean? I've experienced lifetimes of things since that first episode. Yeah, you know. I'm now a grizzled old man. Jacoby enters wearing the most <sighs> this beautiful amazing man. outfit that he's ever worn on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's worn some great clothes on this show. Are you thinking of being a Dr. Jacoby? I was thinking about it. Like I don't know if I can Comic-Con? I don't know if I can pull off this outfit that you he's could. wearing now. He's got now. a cape and a hat and he's escorting Sarah Palmer, yes. which who again we haven't seen for a long time. Um, escorting Sarah Palmer, which we will remember like if there are characters 
in this show that like have some sort of connection to some otherworldly plane. Mm-hmm. Sarah Palmer is among them. Yeah. And she has a message for Major Briggs. And it is, she says it like in another voice. Um, I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. Is that a message from Wyndham Earl? It's either from Wyndham Earl or or Bob. Some or other someone Black the Lodge sub, the sub the sub the subtitles say Wyndham Earl's voice. Oh, for what it it's worth when it she speaks. Sound like but maybe it was like reverse. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, it's just it's right. a, it does sound like, like it does like you know later when he's like Dale Cooper. Yeah, it sounds kind of like that. <laughs> uh, okay, so it was. but then yeah, yeah. So he's speaking through Sarah to Major Briggs. Sarah's always been on our short list of anyone in Twin Peaks that do have like powers, mm-hmm. right, or connection yeah. to the lodge or something. Sarah yeah, there's. I think them. there's a reference to her having gifts in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this episode was so great because there's so many moments, and I didn't even catch the Heidi one, you know, but so many moments that tie back either to that first season mm-hmm. or things that we haven't seen for a long time yeah. it was really it really felt yeah. like a it really felt like the gang's all back you know <laughs> gang's all back guys yeah except um, for the corn, corn. The cor- cream corn kid i'm still waiting i know i'm, I'm telling you my just, prediction is the return is the return of the cream corn kid don't 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 lose faith that you'll see him again yeah um there's a shot of a hallway in the it's a red curtains yeah. and that black and white chevron floor and uh we hear uh we hear i'm waiting for you and then then there would have been a break in commercials yeah. which i love looking out for those too because i'm yeah. like where were they inserting commercials into this craziness i know yeah and you i always look yeah, they, at it too they when... actually they... Lynch shot it so that the, it would front load the commercials, which is what they normally do. So okay. you'd get this like 18 minute stretch at the end of mm-hmm. the episode that would not be interrupted. That's nice. Yes. Good um, job, David Lynch. Good and job. this is and this is that moment. Um, I it's gonna be hard for me to describe yeah. what what we see next for the next like 20 minutes, but I will try. Yeah, try your best. I will try. We see the little man. Uh, I mean. Cooper enters this room. There's there's the black and white floors. There's the uh, there's the red curtains. There's statues, um, and there's the little man. And he says some things that I feel are worth repeating. He says, "When you see me again, it won't be me." That's one of the things he says. And he's talking backwards. He says, "This is the waiting room." And he says, some of your friends are here. And Laura Palmer arrives and she snaps. And then she tells him, tells Cooper, I'll see you again in 25 years. Meanwhile, and she holds her hands at such a way. Like she's presenting us something. And then she, or holding us something. And then she disappears. Yeah. Where'd she go? That was the part where Freya was like, where'd you go? And I was like, I don't know, Freya. I don't know where she went. I always, I've always been intrigued by the line, this is the waiting room. Yeah. Because I don't know where they are. Like, I presumed that they entered the Black Lodge, but is this perhaps some sort of, like, lobby to the lodge instead? I was thinking, or maybe, because you know how it's a hallway? Yeah. Like, it, even though it looks like it's the same room, that it's the white and the... Black Lodge uh, so maybe it, maybe it's like a like lobby for both of them. Like you have to enter through this wherever this or is. Or it's just the MVA, and that's, 
That's where you have to wait to to, <laughs> to get, get your real ID. Your real ID and the whole time. <laughs> so the Black Lodge and as it's shot here, that David Lynch completely departed from the original script. Um, okay. The the original. Shall I do a little aside on the original you know what? script here? I really, yes. Yeah, if you could, and then we'll sing the story let's time. Because I really okay. do. You want to do it right now? Yeah, let's How about do you it. just do it, and then I'll do it next time. Do okay. you want me to join you? You, uh, do, you do it. Okay. Yeah, you say you, so. You Ready? Story time <laughs> with Jr. Ooh, nice. Go for okay. it, Jr. Uh, so, so Mark Frost had really been focusing on this idea of the Black Lodge being an actual physical place of evil. Okay. And David Lynch was not interested in that. <laughs> but in the original script, all kinds of things happen where Coop is transported to a shabby drive-in motel. Okay. So I'm just, just going to leave that there yeah. for fans of The Return. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then also... Uh, he confronts his father, and then he's a ten-year-old kid, uh, and then and then they end up in a stark, scary black and white version of the Great Northern, as being part of the Black Lodge. Um, another thing that happens in the original script: this is the, the two most outrageous things are uh, <laughs> out, outside. Um, Truman, in fact, like tries to grab Wyndham Earl's leg as he's going into the Black Lodge, oh. and, and but is, doesn't manage to stop him. But then later on, he is a ghostly woman in chainmail appears and offers Sharon Truman a sword. Oh, what? That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's very Arthurian. Is, I know, right? So I think this was like an attempt to like uh, induce him to go into the Black Lodge or something. I don't know. But then later on, so like the stuff with Wyndham Earl is written totally different, where he's much more of a sort of a court jestery sort wow. of character. At one point, he does like a song and dance routine, wearing like a top coat and tails of anything goes. Uh, and then, and then when Wyndham Earl wants to take uh, Coop's soul, like end up in like a dentist office, and like Bob is a dentist. I'm not kidding. Bob is a dentist. He's in like in a dentist well, smock or something. He's always showing his and teeth like, off. <laughs> and he's like going to he's going to extract Coop's soul, but then he confronts Wyndham Earl and says that no, you you cannot take his soul because you can't coerce him to take his soul. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 totally different. And um, it, the way that Lynch wanted to totally take that focus away because he really liked the idea of the Red Room being someplace you can only access through dreams. As mm. the last time we saw this place, yeah, um, and he again moves it back to being the story of Coop and what's going on with Coop and what happens to Coop in the Red Room, uh, which I think the Red Room is like an intermediary space between the Black Lodge and our world and maybe the White Lodge too. The um, hey Jr. Real quick, the um, yeah. Well, actually, Jr. Then Tess. Hey Tess, have you read these original scripts that he's talking about? I haven't. Where would if a if someone wanted to if a listener was interested in finding these scripts and reading them, where would they find them at? Uh, you know, I think I'm I'm ninety five percent sure they're posted in some wiki space okay. for Twin Peaks. Okay. But the the two sources that I've been using for this information are two books. One book is called. Reflections on the Oral History of Twin Peaks by Brad Dukes, and The Essential Wrapped in Plastic, uh, Pathways to Twin Peaks by John Thorne. Wrapped in Plastic was a zine, a Twin Peaks zine that existed while the show was on the air and then for some time afterwards. Uh, it's a great book. 
Wow. Both of them are good Very books. Very cool. Um, there's also some other stuff that happens. There's the, the little man is dancing. There's someone singing about trees, and then the singer <gasps> that, dissolves. Well, you know me. That got to you me. You love Because I love yeah. trees. And when he was talking about finding his friends in the trees, and I was like, of course. You know? <laughs> I get it. Freya was into that part, too, because she liked the music. Yeah. Um, and outside the whole time is Truman and Andy, and they've Andy, well, Andy finds Truman, and they've been staying out all night into the morning, 10 hours, Truman says, and Andy, <laughs> but Andy's going to go get some coffee. I love this scene, because it, it's one of those, like, really, yeah. like, drawing out the silence. <laughs> I thought it was so good. Comfortable silence. Yeah, they're going to get some, co- he's going to get some coffee, he's going to get a plate special, he's yeah. going to get him some pie, which yeah. I do appreciate that Truman is practicing self-care. He's he's obviously traumatized by the disappearance of his friend. But you need nutrients. But he yeah, he needs to take care of himself. Yeah. All right. I like that scene too real quick because I think it shows <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this. Like Andy shows his love by taking care of people around him. Mm-hmm. Like Lucy, I love you, so I'm going to try to take care of you. Truman, I love you. I don't know what to do in this spot cuz Andy's out of his wheelhouse, right? <laughs> but I know I know how to get you pie. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. You're and probably hungry. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. Truman shows that he loves people by doing macho stuff. So he's got his gun. And he's like, I just need a moment to shoot someone so that I show and Coop I love him. You know? <laughs> like, it's just a really cool scene. You know? Uh, this is obviously a precursor to the five love languages. Um, uh, the old man from the hotel is in this. This waiting. I'm so happy to see this guy again. And he he brings coffee, 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 coffee Coffee, to to Cooper. And then when Cooper looks back to him, he has transformed into the giant. Which I I don't know. Did you have a theory about how the old man and the giant were connected? Well, because it was it was that one episode when everyone gathered at the Mm -hmm. um, roadhouse, right? And there was something to do with the coffee guy in this. I did predict it, but I don't think I still don't think I completely understand it. (laughs) You know, <laughs> they're one in the same. Um, That's right. Yeah, and also, like, I really feel bad for him having to sit in that chair. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not that tall. I'm like five ten, but like, it's really uncomfortable to sit in a low chair. And yeah. that poor guy, he he's in a chair that's like basically the right size for the man from another place. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty sad. Um, the little man rubs his hands together. Oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> and Coop goes to drink the coffee. This is such a like a Salvador Dali scene here, but then the coffee is solid, but then the coffee is liquid, and then the coffee's like some kind of yeah. like in the middle. Um, and then the little man says a few other things here. He says, "Wow, Bob, wow," and he says, "Fire, walk with me." And then we hear a woman screaming, and then there's strobe lights. There was a lot of strobe lights in this episode, which again are also really freaky to me. Yeah, well, they make things look like they're moving in slow motion, <laughs> yeah. and like you can't really see them. Yeah. So, so Cooper throughout this sequence is going into a hallway. He goes out of one room into the hallway into the other room. Like it appears that there are only two rooms. But every time he enters either of the rooms, it's as if he's traveling forward yeah, more. Like they're yeah. they're in different like there's different things going on in each room. He's not it even though it looks like he's going into the same room, he's not. <laughs> my, my favorite is because a lot of things happen, right? And my, yeah. my favorite one is when he goes into a room and I think there's Laura Palmer. And then she starts like screaming. Is it yeah, her? Yeah. And she's just screaming. That's coming up. And, and, and she's screaming. It's like really like high pitch. And I like it because he just looks and he's like, 
I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he just, like, leaves. I was like, that's a good move. Um, well, he there's the little man is laughing in one room, and then he goes into the next room, and Maddie Palmer yeah. is there, and she says, watch out for my cousin. And then he goes into the room, and there's the little guy, and he's telling him about the... He says doppelganger. Yeah. And then there's Laura, but Laura's different. She's got this like milky white over her eyes mm-hmm. and she's screaming. This is that scene you're referring to. Yeah. She's screaming, which she's got such a great scream. Like it's, it's, it's real scary. It is blood curdling. She's screaming. And I think actually why he while he why he runs away is like that strobe effect. You see her screaming, but there's like a shot of Wyndham Earl's face at yeah. some point. And so he flees the room. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Then he walks into a room and realizes he's bleeding. Yeah. And then he walks back into another. He follows his own blood into another room, yeah. like almost as if he's already been there. And there's himself and Caroline, like on the floor, yeah. except it's not Caroline. It's, it's Annie. Annie. And Annie, there's this this scene where Annie and Caroline are kind of being interchanged with each other. Yeah. Like Annie says, "I saw the face of the man who killed me," and but then it's Caroline who's saying that. And then it's Annie, and then it's Laura, and then it's Wyndham Earl. Um, And Wyndham Earl says, if you give me your soul, I'll let Annie live. And Coop says, I will. I will. He says it right away. Yeah, no question. And then he stabs Coop. But then Bob comes, and he's attacking Earl. Like, you can tell that he's he's doing something to him, and he says, he can't ask for your soul. I'll take his. The knife, like, comes out of his stomach again. Yeah. Like that. I'll take his, and then there's this pillar of fire, and Wyndham Earl kind of goes limp. Um, And then a Cooper with the milky white eyes arrives. Um... Meanwhile, our Cooper, our Cooper, so now we've got two Coopers. So many Coopers. We've got a Cooper um, who's in the hallway talking to Leland, who also has milky white yeah. eyes. And he Good to see Leland back good again. Good to see Leland. Good to see Leland. Yeah. He, says, uh, he says, I did not kill anybody. Yeah. And he's laughing. I did not kill anybody. He seems like he's in a good mood. I actually like, even though I know it was scary. Yes. (laughs) And and Scary Coop was there, right? Scary Coop. Scary Coop comes up, and then Scary Coop and Scary Leland Palmer are laughing. Are laughing together? I kind of like that scene, because I was like, look at these two happy guys. Two happy, evil, These guys are just happy. I had this moment where I was like, if only everyone could laugh that way. When's the last time I laughed like that with someone? In that scene, also, I don't know if you caught this, but as, as the Cooper with the Milky Way eyes, uh, or the doppelganger Cooper, the evil Cooper, whatever he may be, when like he's a... entering the curtain, he looks into the camera. Did yeah, you notice that? Yeah. Well, that was a really cool moment because it's kind of like, it kind of brings you into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's pursuing our Coop. Like, they're running through these yeah. rooms, down these hallways, and it looks as if he's grabbed our Coop. And caught him. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think that, I think that they're racing to get out. I don't think that he's trying to grab Cooper. I think that there there's the good Coop and the bad Coop, and they're both trying to leave. They're both trying uh, to leave first, and I think, as we know, the bad Coop overcomes the good Coop, and he gets out first. Yeah. So what we see next is Truman is he's still sitting vigil, and then I guess Coop and Annie's bodies, like. Uh, maybe they materialize out of out of nowhere. I don't. We don't get to see yeah, what we Truman don't know. sees, but yeah. we see that he 
he cap he finds Coop and Annie. They're lying on the ground unconscious. We see a waterfall, and that that's our our cue that we're back in the Great yeah, Northern. Yeah. Um, and uh, Coop's out, but he wakes up, and he's he says, "I wasn't sleeping." Oh yeah, he wakes up like at the yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then yeah. and then he asks where Annie is, and uh, Annie's at the hospital. They tell him. Um, and then he says, I need to brush my teeth. I need to brush my teeth. Uh, and I, I need to brush my teeth. Uh, we've noticed at this point that Coop is acting not Well, complete. yeah, he's we can put it odd. together. We can he's put it together. He's pretty odd. He gets into the bathroom. Especially because we know, like, now the show has taught us that sometimes characters aren't what they seem, right? Like, yeah. with Leland Palmer. Yeah. Uh, Coop- I, I would say he's he's very year of strange. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, he, uh, he goes into the bathroom to brush his teeth. He squeezes all of the toothpaste out. Which I immediately thought, like, as a dad, like, bad Cooper. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Actually, I would say I am, I am disappointed in you, Cooper. We need to clean this up. No, I'm joking. But that sort, that reminded me of, uh, a saying that I've heard before, which is, um, like, it, it's easier to, um to squeeze all of the toothpaste out of something than to put all of the toothpaste back into the tube. Like, I don't know where I've heard yeah, that, yeah. but where, where you can't put your toothpaste out of the tube. Now you can't put it back. I think yes. it was, uh, con- yes, that's the same. It was Confucius that said it, I believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> back in the like fifth century. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so he squeezes all the toothpaste out. Toothpaste is out of the tube, and then he smashes his face into the mirror, and we see Bob in the room. Well, the the smashing his face is a surprise, but we once again the show has taught us that, like especially back before we knew the whole thing with Bob, that we see a person and then we look in the mirror, look we see mirror, Bob doing his see, teeth yeah. thing, right? So I was expecting it. I didn't expect him to smash his face. This and, poor guy. And uh, he just he starts laughing, and he's he keeps asking over and over again, "How's Annie? How's Annie?" And then that's it. That's the oh, end. Boy. The credits roll over the image of a cup of coffee. It was yeah. um, with Laura Laura's Palmer's face is reflected in that cup of coffee. Oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do you give me, do me a favor, Tess? Because yeah. so much stuff is going on. Can you highlight just kind of like the that red room, especially yes. the red hallway? Yes. Can you also highlight the coffee changing states? Okay. And can you please highlight? Um, give me one second. Um, I guess. Um, I don't want to call him Evil Coop because I don't want to judge anyone. But let's just call him let's call him Uncoop. Okay. okay. Well, well, you know what? No, that so good. far, like, he hasn't done anything bad. He hey, hurt himself. Can you, can you also highlight the statue in the hallway? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is great. You want any more? Let's keep her highlighting, Jay. <laughs> um, also, uh, this this final scene where Coop looks into the mirror and yes. it's Bob. Yeah. That was the original ending. That was written by the three writers that are credited for the script. Okay. Lynch kept that, but he kind of looked at that and said, "Yeah, I'm going to tell a different story about how we get there than what's okay. in the current script." Because the original script was all this confrontation stuff between Cooper and Wyndham Earl, and yeah, David Lynch was not interested in that at all. <laughs> he was telling a more visual story. Um, yeah. So, for our our next segment. Um, we're going to discuss the many mysteries that have been brought up by this episode. This is one heck of an episode, right? I mean, yeah, it's it was. Exhausting. I mean, 
I gotta tell you, I, I absolutely love my time watching the show. Um, what are we talking about now? We're talking about so many mysteries. <laughs> Cue that wait, segment. Wait, wait. I think you meant to say so many mysteries. <laughs> Okay, so many mysteries. Right, and and some of these highlights are mine, some are JR's, but everyone is welcome to say whatever they want, because I don't know. <laughs> this episode ended and I was just like, I got mysteries, but I don't know if I got answers, yeah. you know? So, um, so uh, the first highlight I had was about Cooper knowing that the log lady was going to I was, arrive. I was just going to say, more evidence that, she, that Coop has some kind of special abilities, mm-hmm. right? You know, And more evidence that he... Even more so than, let's say, like a like a regular person, like a Truman or an Andy, right? Mm-hmm. That he can predict the future. And it's also interesting, too, that he can be like, Log Lady's right here, where I think you and I have talked about this, like the past five or six episodes, Winnemarle's like under his nose. Yeah. And he can't predict that or see him, you know? <laughs> but now that now that JR has sort of illuminated for us that yeah. uh, that David Lynch purposely was adding more agency to, to Cooper's character in this, it makes, makes a lot more sense that... David Lynch had sort of, I feel like he sort of like just let the show go for a while, <laughs> and then he stepped back in to end it. Let here. it, let it like marinate a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean he he strongly believed in Kyle MacLachlan. Obviously, has used him in other films as well, but he really believed in in Kyle MacLachlan for this role. But he said that like he needed to be there to sort of kick him up a couple notches to mm-hmm. do what he needed to do for the character. Yeah, our next highlight here, Glastonbury Grove. Did you have something to say about the King <laughs> this Arthur? This is just a dumb prediction. Okay. King Arthur's actually buried there at Twin Peaks. <laughs> In Twin Peaks. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> what? Why the F Why not, not, right? And you know what? To take it a step further, you know who is King Arthur? Who? Bob? <laughs> no. Cream Corn Kid. <laughs> I'm just saying it right now. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Oh my gosh um could be could be you know what real quick too is i was telling i was saying like this episode brought like everyone back you know who we didn't see who didn't we our see our buddy james ja- oh you're right yeah mm-hmm. you know? no james is he's on the road man yeah, yeah. but well, i, I gonna, thought we would at least stopping least... for gas in seattle or yeah, yeah that's what i would like to see is him being like i actually wanted a scene of him just like it cuts to him and he goes I'm doing okay, Eric. Just like that. I'm doing okay. Eric, I have, I have a question for you. Do you think James is cool? <laughs> I don't know if James is cool, but I feel bad for James. Like, there's been a lot okay. of stuff going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have a cool motorcycle and a cool leather jacket. Would you say that he's cool? Because this is an important question. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know if I'm the best judge of what's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, would I say he's cool? Um, uh you know what? I feel like you need some time to think about it. Yeah, when we yeah hit, you, it's a, it's it a, a tough yeah. question. When, is it we, important? when we hit the return, I'm going to ask you again. Okay? okay. Like the first episode yeah. you asked me if it's cool? Probably. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay. So cool. you have plenty of time to think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Ed and Norma and that scene and how... All the people in love, right? <laughs> yeah. This is... And I have no reason to think this, but I just thought like everyone seemed like they were super in love. Like Major and Mrs. Briggs. Yeah. Bobby and Shelley. Thank you. Big Ed and Norma. Yeah. What's going on? And my only guess is because you know another person we didn't see in this episode. Who? The Widow Milford. Yeah. Right? And we know that she has superpowers that make people fall in love. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
at least with her. And I think something was going on in this episode where, like, you know, because c- of, I don't know, Wyndham Earl moving events forward, that it was, like, heightening all the special abilities. Like, for example, Sarah Palmer. We, oh. haven't, we haven't seen her do special stuff in a long time. Okay. And all of a sudden, that's coming back. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we're going into uh, the, the curtains are coming back. And I wonder if it woke up. Uh, Widow Merrillfield's uh, superpowers. Maybe. And it was making people fall in love. Just maybe. with random people, maybe. Maybe. Um, do you... I'm going to say with 95% certainty that David Lynch does not give a shit about the Widow Milford. Is that no. like... That's, <laughs> why we, that's, that's why we didn't see her. <laughs> <laughs> she remains at large. Um, ben, Horn, and, and Doc well, Hayward. You know what I'm worried about, Tess. What are you worried what about? What am I worried about? Well, I know you were really invested in his return to goodness, and I think you wanted him to run for mayor. I and... did. I still want him to run for mayor, but I'm worried because he's oh. suffered a head injury. Uh oh. Are um, we going to see General Ben Horn in the return? Well, no. I, actually, I was going to say maybe not, not that he goes back to Civil War, but I'm worried he's going to he bonked his head and he's going to be a bad oh, person again. He's going to be bad again. And so prediction in the return. If we see Ben again, mm-hmm. he will be mayor, but he will be an evil mayor. Oh, okay. That owns seven one-eye jacks. Oh, no. <laughs> so much worse. Yeah. He's like 30 times worse. <laughs> He's like so evil. I mean, how, how many seven-eye jacks can one economy <laughs> I, mean, I I don't that's know, a, but... He, that's a lot. Ben's going to start He's like out. an international chain or I something? Just, I just really felt for him because he's kind of in a tough spot, right? Like, he didn't want to keep the secret, right. but by revealing the secret, he caused a lot of pain, not yeah. only for himself, but for this whole family, and... <laughs> I'm just concerned he's going to, he bonked his head, he's going to wake up and be like, you know what? I think I like being evil. <laughs> and also, where are Catherine's feet at? <laughs> um, did we have a theory about uh, Cooper and Annie being in trances uh, as they approached my first, Glastonbury Grove? My first guess was that when Merle, like, put a spell on Annie, okay. right? Like, because I figured he knows... More than what we know, right? Mm-hmm. As the viewer, he's, he's been with the Dugpas. Yeah, yeah, he's been, he's been down there with the Dugpas, and he, right. he 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 not not quite the Dugpas he thought he was though. <laughs> and he, I think, I first I thought he put a spell, but then I think what actually happens if you're near that area with the black oil and all that, mm-hmm. and you happen to have special powers or something that it draws you in. Okay. So I wonder. This is you my think next. Annie step. has yeah. some powers and, too. I mean, Annie spent a lot of time. <laughs> In a convent. Yeah, that's true. We actually saw her pray. Yeah, we did. You know, so I don't know. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. Sticking to it. Um, Did you have anything? You told me to just circle the whole bank scene. So yeah. Well, okay. Here's the question. So my big thing is who survived. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is the. I think I'm worried that Pete and Garfield. Andrew, sorry, Pete and Andrew. Okay. (laughs) I'm worried that they're dead. Okay. Are you really that worried about Andrew? (laughs) Yeah, Andrew's like my favorite guy ever. I think he's amazing. Well, I'm more worried about Pete. Um, Hopefully Pete, maybe his body was protected by Andrew's body because he was closer, maybe. maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I am also worried that that old man died. Okay. Because he's really old, you know. Yeah. and Audrey was awesome. Thank you, Audrey. I was trying to think who else was in there. I hope she's not dead. I'm going to say she's not dead, but she's scarred. Okay. You know? And and she's not scarred, but we'll see her again in um, 
in the return, I think. So okay. I don't is this the place for return predictions? Probably sure. not yet. No, no, we should probably oh, do no? return predictions after the movie. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So but I can still throw them in, but this isn't the dedicated return okay. prediction or you know. Alright. Um Oh, I had highlighted everyone being cozy, but that that's your Yeah, favorite. I think it's something to do with gotcha. Widow Murfold's uh, magic powers. Um you wanted to say something about the coffee in the in the yeah, waiting well, room. Yeah, not that exciting. Changing but the waiting shape. the waiting room I think is somewhere between like JR said somewhere between our world and the White Lodge and the Black Lodge, right? It's like oh. this waiting room. And I think the the some of the scenes not that they were cozy, but they were. Some scenes were more scary than other scenes. Yes. And Bob was there, and I still think the giant slash the coffee guy is a nice guy. The little person, I'm not too sure. I don't think he's terribly evil. I'm not too sure, but I think something about that waiting room area is like in transition between those spaces. Okay. And I think the coffee was showing us that like the matter in that space uh, can change. It, yeah, that it's shifting constantly, right? Like it's liquid. Now it's solid. Now it's gloopy. Now there's a little man there. Now there's Bob there. Now there's Wendell Merle there. Now this people, came, this people ha- appearing and dissolving. This happened. And- this is happening in the future. This happened in the past. This happened now. Mm-hmm. This didn't happen. This is a dream, and it's all at the same exact time. I was surprised we didn't see Old Man Coop, to be honest. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Who we saw in the in the dream. Yeah. 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 A prediction about Old Man Coop. Yes. Is is the return pretty much twenty five years yes. after? Pretty much. Pretty much roughly. We will see Old Man Coop in the return return in 25 years from now. You okay. see what I mean? When yes. we return return. When we re- I don't know what you mean. No, return, okay. Return. Jay, are you following me? You think me? there's going to be a second return? Thank you. That's what I'm saying. That's where we will see. Thank you. JR, thank you so much. We will see Old okay. Man Coop in the return so when the we, return when return we to watch... I, think, I think i think you may be underestimating the effects of 25 years <laughs> uh, we'll see so when we watch I, I don't old man coop ain't that different from coop now so when we watch twin peaks the return the return like years from now yeah yeah that's what i'm that's saying that's when we're gonna yeah. see and, old man coop. and okay 20 was it 45 or well i don't know when the return came out a few years ago so 20 whatever 40 something yeah <laughs> okay you know, i mean have, have you watched portlandia no um kyle you know, mclaughlin, kyle McLaughlin plays the mayor of portland in that show kyle mclaughlin has a oh i have seen that kyle mclaughlin has aged very similarly to like paul rudd and keanu reeves in which he looks very much like his younger self like he he's aged very well he's still a well then, the the return, the return will have to be in fifty years. Then. <laughs> so <that> we can, <laughs> we'll push it back. Like the only, we, 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 it's just, it's just like they Google him and they're like, nah, he's not old enough yet. Okay, we're gonna wait ten more years. We'll check on him in ten years. Is he wrinkly? Tell him to stop using moisturizer. What's going on around here? Um, did you have a theory about red curtains? Red curtains? Yeah. Did I? You did. Well, well you it was about Super, the it was about Super Mario Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It really, it, we'll look it up after this. It's so uncanny. Super Mario Brothers and Twin Peaks exist in the same universe, you think? <laughs> I honestly don't know. The curtains made me think of that. And it just, um, I think basically that room, like that place that he went back and forth through, is like the the gap between the White Lodge and the Black Lodge and in, you, in our time. you wanted to talk about Uncoop. Uncoop. Yeah. I mean, I you didn't think... want to call him Bad Coop or Evil Coop. I don't want to call him bad yet until he does something. We don't know. He probably will do something bad. <laughs> the I'm thinking that what it is is that Coop is trapped in the 
the waiting room. Okay. And that Bob is in Uncoop's body, okay. which is probably Coop's body, but he's Uncoop now. You right. know, so similar to like how Cooper's he was. Soul is in. Yeah, yeah. In and one... Wyndham Earl, I think, bit off more than he could chew. I think he thought he figured out the Black Lodge and all that. And I think he thought that when I go in there, I'm gonna, you know, be Master Dugpa or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Bob was like, No, ain't, no, brother, ain't not gonna happen, brother. You know. <laughs> And Jr. has a theory about yes. statues. Yes. Yeah, and and I mean it's not it's my it's not my theory. I've, I've read it otherwise. But what I think is going on not trademark Jr. <laughs> what's going on in this episode and in the red room is that and and I don't I don't and this isn't with the benefit of knowledge of what happens in the return or anything and. Um, I guess it sort of is because I have seen that stuff, but I think I can talk about this theory without, without it, uh, you know, spoiling anything. Okay. I, I think that remember when Hawk says that if you go into the Black Lodge and you, you show any kind of fear, your soul yes. will be utterly annihilated. I do yes. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's something. I think though that what what's going on here is that Coop splits. When he goes in originally to the Red Room, he is all coop, full coop. Mm-hmm. But when he sees and, and is re- when he's reminded of the death of Caroline and his failure to protect her, mm-hmm. and then the imminent possible death of Annie, he's scared. Okay. Uh, he he gets he that fear is so strong, and at that point in time. He splits into good coop and bad coop. I believe Hawk said imperfect courage if you don't have... That's right. Exactly. If you don't have imperfect courage, then you'll be utterly annihilated. So I think that's what happens. He splits. And the interesting thing about the statue, the statue appears in the hallway when coop is one. But after he splits, the statue's not there anymore. The statue kind of represents this idea of I noticed that too. Wholeness. yeah. Yeah. And and I think you can see a difference in how Coop reacts to things after he splits, because once he once he once he runs out of the room of, with Caroline, I think, uh, and is sort of afraid that Annie's going to die. Um, he no longer, when you see him next, he's not scared of anything. Uh, Laura screams at him twice. The first time he mm-hmm. runs away. The second time he's just kind of startled. He's just like okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when 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 Wyndham Morrill a- asks him for a soul in exchange for Annie, he doesn't hesitate. He's not like, oh my god, that's terrible. He's just like, yes, I will. He's he's totally good without fear. Uh, and then we get to see sort of the bad coop uh, appear as his sort of doppelganger with the milky eyes, laughing with Bob. And like I said, I don't think that the bad coop was trying to, wasn't chasing uh, the good coop. I think that they were both racing to try to get out first, but bad coop came out first. And so, so whoever what we see, got out first would inhabit coop's body. Right. Well, I think that the person that's inhabiting coop's body is not is bad coop, and Bob is with him. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, David Lynch said this when they asked about. It. He specifically didn't say that Coop had been possessed by Bob. But no, he said it's the bad Coop, and, and, but Bob is with him. There's so more I think that's, than one Coop. I think that's what's going on. There's a Coop there's more that's than one in the Coop. lodge, and then there's a Coop that's on the outside with a Bob inside of him. Right. And Coop probably never should have gone in there in the first place. He never should have gone in there because it was his fear and his sort of uh, uh, white knight tendencies mm-hmm. that 
that that ended up causing all this trouble with Caroline in the first instance, resulting in her death. And now, you know, because he went into the into the into the waiting room and then into the Black Lodge, we assume uh, his personality soul was split into two. Otherwise, he would have been whole. Jr., can we ask you? I feel like we mm-hmm. Eric and I have talked a lot about um, like at what point Wyndham, like Bob, has affected or whatever Bob is, yes. or the dark the ba- the Black Lodge in gen in general has affected Coop. Do you think it started when when Wyndham Earl kind of went crazy and killed his wife? Like, because he even makes a reference to like I took him to the edge before. Like, has Wyndham yeah. Earl been trying to get into this lodge ever since then? And... Uh, I, yes, I, I think that he has. And really, I, I think this is an interesting story. I don't know to what extent it's fully canon, but I really highly, highly recommend the autobiography of Dale Cooper. Okay. Uh, my Life, My Tapes, because it, it really goes into those issues. And in fact, the original script, actually, of this episode contains references to that book. Oh, wow. uh, which talks about Coop's life from early on to, the, to, to later on. And at least within the story of that book, uh, Coop's relationship with something dark and evil goes way back mm-hmm. to his childhood, Ooh. to his mother. And, and, to, and then, of course, you know, later on, you know, joining the FBI, his involvement with, with Wyndham Earl. So yeah, I think I think it goes back. Now, in terms of like this episode, that's not really going on. In terms of like David Lynch's vision for the show, I don't think he really cares about any of that stuff. <laughs> but I think I think Mark Frost does, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and I think that you know, then that that you you guys have just a world of treasure awaiting you. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Between the return, treasure. the secret history. You know, and then, you know, uh, some of these books, honestly, and, you know, another thing I was, I want to say, like, I think you should watch Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah? If, if, if only so that you guys can get a sense of, you know, because The Return is a totally different show. And this is, you know, David Lynch, yes. you know, on heroin or whatever. It's like, it's pure <laughs> David Lynch. And in, in he, he, his style changed a lot uh, from 1991 to, to 2017 and to sort of get a sense of that I think watching Mulholland Drive makes sense I mean honestly you should watch Inland Empire but that's oh that's something that's a tall we, we've it's talked like, about it's like oh just go read Finnegan's Wake <laughs> <laughs> we've talked before about it's not a casual project more no. David Lynch stuff on the show right before. and the fact that uh, JR brings up Mulholland Drive too. Uh, it's been many years since I've seen that movie, but I remember it also having um, red curtains and uh, people singing. And oh yeah, no, the the red sh- curtains show up. They show up in Lost Highway. Uh, they show up in a lot of these movies. It's, it's I, a big I trope. Both both uh, the actresses who play Laura and and Ronette are in. Uh, Mulholland Drive, like they have. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 disputed. I mean, uh, there is a scene, and if you like, pause it and zoom in on it, it really looks like Sherilyn Fenn <laughs> running through a couple filters. Plays <laughs> Renette Pulaski, but I actually got to talk to to uh, not Sherilyn Fenn, Cheryl Lee, Cheryl Lee, the actress who plays Laura Tully. I actually talked to her about that because I 
interviewed her very briefly at this convention. Oh. And she kind of, she was like, I'm not sure. Oh. I, mean, I kind of get the sense that her life was very busy at that time and didn't have a clear recollection of what was and wasn't happening. Busy, like, uh, but in terms I, of substance she, abuse? Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, I okay. think that may have been going on. I don't know. I, it, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's her. I think that they're in it. And I think I, I think there's a there's a connection between Mahon. I mean, there's a connection. I think that runs through all of David Lynch's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. wait a second. Are we talking? So if you go back and watch Eraserhead, and you you see direct references to Eraserhead in The Return. You, you know, you, you mean in the the most late, the late from his first movie to the latest thing that he did. Are they're, we talking about all connected. shared universe here? <laughs> Yeah, the multiverse. I mean, the shared universe. I mean, really, David Lynch's imagination. That's kind of exciting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, do we have any more mysteries? I mean, this was a a, a super episode. Um, I, oh, oh, do you have something? Well, I was just I did write a list that I've always wondered about. Okay. And, and after after I watched this movie, after I watched the show the first time, my main my main questions were: Are Audrey and Pete dead? Uh, is Coop Tra- also, Andrew was Andrew dead? Because yeah. we all we all care about Andrew. <laughs> Who cares about Andrew? Yeah, yeah. Um, is Coop trapped in the lodge? And can Briggs help? Because Briggs mm. received a message, and I was always curious. <laughs> oh, I forgot Briggs. Remember when he showed up in like old timey pirate pilot gear? <laughs> I forgot about that. Briggs has traveled in between the worlds. He has certainly traveled. Like, yeah. and, and now that he's received this message, like, what is he going to do with that? Um, is Ben going to be okay? I was always curious about that. Is Leo going to be okay? Not that I care about Leo necessarily, but I just wondered let if me, he wasted away let, in a cabin Let me or ask not. you this. Is like, I know that a lot has happened since we first saw Leo and he was like beating on Shelly and all that. Yeah. Do you still like, you're like, F him. I hope Tarantula's fall on his face. Um. Because I don't know. He, he feel, did try to I really try little, to help her. You're right. I feel a little well, bit hey, more. Hey, no judging. If you want Tarantula to fall on his face, that's fine. You know? I feel a more sympathetic towards him because he has seemed to have had a little bit of a redemption arc um, but I don't want him to get back involved with Shelly although oh, I don't no. necessarily want Shelly to get involved with Bobby I want either. her to end up with <laughs> with with Gordon Cole. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> right, right? I really thought when Gordon Cole and her shared that 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 moment, I thought he was going to be a regular on the show. I really did or that we were going to be like where'd Shelly go? Like well she moved to I don't know wherever the FBI thing is and he's she's living with him and 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 they're <laughs> they're in love and it's great and, you know. um I also wonder if we'll ever find out what happened to everyone's hands do you remember in that episode everyone's <laughs> hands? oh my goodness everyone's hands were doing weird stuff um I will just throw a quick theory and I think I said that before is I thought somehow Wyndham Merle was involved uh-huh. and I think somehow the whatever the activating is like the going into the lodge and the Everyone falling in love or whatever I think was involved with that. Will we ever find out? That's uh, everyone's losing control of their hands. And then, of course, really, the big question is, how is Annie? Yeah. Like, Coop is, well, Coop is asking over and when over we, again. When we see Annie, like, they've come out of the lodge or, or the waiting room or whatnot, I thought she was dead. Because she had blood all over her mm-hmm. face, right? She sure did. Yeah. So. We don't know. Who knows? It was great. Uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers was released in Japan in 1988, <laughs> ah. and uh, in the United in North America in 1990. So, so, so what you're saying was is influence. It was going from well, Super I Mario see. Brothers. I see. So Mario Brothers influenced. Wait, wait. If you're doing, yeah, that, I don't think so. But, yeah. <laughs> Try it. What about um, Super Mario Brothers three? What's the date of that one? Because that's the one I'm thinking. That's of. What I'm ta- I'm oh yeah, that's your timeout. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, did you see the curtains? <laughs> I I don't recall the curtains. Yeah, they're, they're at the intro. Yeah. I'm. I don't think it's any connection. <laughs> or I could be wrong. David Lynch, let us know. All right. Do you have any more mysteries, Eric? Is that all of them? That's I'm mis- a lot. I'm mysteried out. I mean, I think <laughs> I think we're mysteried out. Yeah. All right. Well, then we should move on to our quotable quotations of the episode. Quotes. Quotes. We've got quotes. Quotes we've got. Quotes, 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 quotes,
and in fear and courage and imperfect courage and how that played out. Uh, and I think that's really what kind of what the whole show is about, going back to Bob and Leland. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great. Eric, who did you choose? Well, this is a great episode, but I think Jr. is right. Like it dealt with Coop, right? Yeah. Like it, it was. I don't want to say like full circle, but it felt in a way, especially the way like David Lynch. It sounds like that he he tweaked things to be his own thing. That it tied into that like that first episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it felt like in a way we've been moving towards this the whole time, even though because I know Jr. You're like really interested in like the script was rewritten and like the uh, uh, like the behind the scenes stuff I technically I don't like to know any of that because I feel like it confuses me as to like what the actual ca- <laughs> well, like I'm what sorry. actually happened yeah if I read a script and I'm like wait which one really is the real one but like it sounds like there's a lot of things that happen like pressure from the studio and uh, other things like that that kind of caused Twin Peaks to have this weird kind of like production the mm-hmm. whole time yes but even with all that happening watching it from the beginning to the end like I've done with you Tess it feels like it was moving towards us the whole time, you know? And maybe it was really great that David Lynch at the end was able to do that because maybe if it was done differently, it wouldn't have felt that way. But anyway, MVP yeah, no, is cool. Th- that's absolutely true. Like I said before, the, the writers, the creators of the show knew that it was going to be canceled Yeah. Uh, when they were making this. If they hadn't known that, they would not have let David Lynch probably take his free reign, yeah. free reign as he did. The writers would have been like, no, actually, we wanted to have some, some they actually some on, sort on of record say, we, we wanted to have some kind of linear narrative feed, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you messed it up. But because they, everyone was so kind of upset about the fact that this was the end of the show, and this really had been created by David Lynch, that they said, you know, it's okay, we're, we're going to let him do his uncompr- uncompromising vision thing, because, you know, this is the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's obvious that Coop is the MVP. Yeah. Um, I will point out some honorary mentions. If for no other so. reason, he, he gets like the most screen time, yeah. too. You know, so it's kind of hard to be like, it's Truman. He held a gun for a while. My, Good for him. My honorable mentions, though, I, I will give one to Truman. Like, yeah? He gets the second. He, he did hold that gun for a while. He did. Though, but, you know, he was, uh, he's... He's always been, I think, unflinching in his support of Cooper, and he he was waiting there. He just waited for Coop to come back. Like he's like, I'm not gonna go back to the station. I'm gonna sit here and wait for my friend to come back. Who knows how long he would have sat there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that that Truman, with his love and friendship for Coop, would have sat there for years if he had to. Also, it just dawned on me that if he wasn't there, like let's say he went home, or he was like, mm-hmm. we'll go, we'll figure this out tomorrow. Tomorrow, Coop could have popped out in the woods, and like a wolf or something could have eaten his body. <laughs> Who knows? There's well, a I mean, lot of darkness I'll, I'll just, in yeah, this. Yeah, all joking aside, or a squirrel or something. And then so he he popped out, I'm assuming, and then he put took him back to a bed. You yeah, know, took care of him. You um, know, gave him some kisses. And <laughs> an honorable mention also for Andy for yeah. taking care of Lucy, and also for taking care of Truman. Yeah. Um, man, this has been is. A heck of an episode. So we have finished. We for you and I, Tess, we've yeah. gone through all of season one, all of season and two. all of season two. Yeah. What is the next thing in our docket well, for the, listeners that are going along with us on this wonderful and strange journey, or whatever? I, the next thing I believe that you and I are going to do is watch the movie Firewatch. Okay, so now you can tell me if a dove will attack me. Is this okay. spoiler territory? Right. Uh, we've already established that people watching the show did not know this was the end of Twin Peaks. When did people start knowing that there was a movie? Oh. And you know what I mean? And like how much time passed between, JR, you can play out with this, the finale of Twin Peaks season two and 
the movie. JR, do you know? It's a couple years at oh. least. Wow. Um, it was not, it's not something that, that happened right away. Um, I mean, I was in, well, I was 90, 1992. Um, and so it, it came out you know, a little bit more than a year, I think, after the show ended. What's interesting about Firewalk With Me is that it was not, Mark Frost had no involvement. It was David Lynch, and it was and written David by Lynch. Lynch and, right, so it was Lynch and, and Robert Engels, who was one of the main writers for the show, uh, wrote the script for Firewalk With Me. So it's a, it, it is, there's no Frost influence. It is David Lynch's sort of focus on the things that he cares about. Um and you know, it, can we can we can we can we say just on the broadest outline test mm-hmm. like what the movie is? No, well, I don't want to spoil it. No, no, we can't actually. We, I, we okay, can't right. say. So yeah, I we can't. Sorry, this is Eric speaking, not Tess. <laughs> sure. <okay>. No, <laughs> just, just because I like going into things as blind as I can. Because unless okay, cool, the, cool, the, cool, cool. The only I totally ex- get it. The only exception would be JR, and I always forget that you like you live through this. Is I always forget <laughs> because the only exception to that would be is I would be happy, and I think the devil would allow this if there was. So let's say you watched Twin Peaks season two, and you were like, "That this is a cliffhanger." I hope there's more. And then later, like, where did where did it go? It didn't come back. And then later, you find out there's a movie through, I'm guessing, a commercial on TV. Oh. I could watch that commercial on TV. Oh, that's the like only the thing trailer. I would... Thank you. That's you the only thing. You want to watch the trailer? If it existed. Do you know if that existed, I'll Jan? find out. Yeah, no, it existed. There's a trailer. And okay. Like, right. so, should watch it in real time right now. Right now? <laughs> should we? I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to look it up? Um, here, can you talk with Jr. while I look it up? This is crazy. Are okay. you sure? Yes, this is. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's a. It's it's like the first hit. There's an international trailer and a regular trailer. What's it called? Which one should he watch? What's it called? Uh, Firewalk I mean, with Me trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Firewalk Twin Peaks. Firewalk and is that something you would trailer. see on TV? Like you're watching, like I don't know, like Wheel of Fortune, and then it came no, you'd on. See it, you'd see it. You'd you'd go to some art house movie, a theater, oh. it, when you're a. a a dissolute teenager like I was, and then you'd see the trailer uh, before you watch, you know, some foreign film. But did, uh, did it play in theaters? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I thought it was just on TV. No, no it was a it was a legit it, it's movie. It's a it's a, a, legit uh, a motion movie. picture. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have for the listeners and it's, for JR guys for everyone. I I literally can't do two things at once. So you guys, I, right. you're not going to hear from me a while while I type because okay. I'm going to get confused. Okay, you look it up. You look it up. Um, I also feel like, and Jr. Tell me how much was is um, Mark Frost involved in the return? Because the return feels oh, one, one, very Lynchian to me. So, so the thing about the return, every episode is directed by David Lynch. Okay. Every episode was co-written by David Lynch and Mark Frost. Okay, so it's the original so, so, creators yeah. back again. Right, but and and the. One of the things we talked about in our podcast is that the, the Frost influence can is always underrated and unrecognized. Uh, it, it is it is really important for him for the combination of his vision and David Lynch's vision to come together, uh, which is why the return is so great. I think. Okay, I, I found ready? it. So should we? So so for listen. So Tess, real quick. I guess we're not doing. Are we doing a recap episode of season two, or oh, just go can. right into the movie? It's we up can. to you. You're the boss. We'll have a production. We'll figure it out. I just wanted to know so that our 
so our listeners know, we just go right in. The and movie. listeners, I'll I will tweet out this trailer. Um, you can follow us at at same team y'all to see this trailer that we're all about to watch. Yeah. Together. So if you're going on it like you know like I am, if you probably will want to pause, I guess, and watch the trailer <laughs> yourself. Or if you're just if you're just listening or you don't mind hearing the audio to the I trailer. Audio trailer, right? I'm coming hear, over here. You so coming over here, Jr. I gotta tell you, this was a really good idea. You're you're very <laughs> you're very you're a very smart uh, very smart man. Okay, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> okay, here. Wait, last. Sorry, I'm sorry. So okay, so I'm 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 I just watched the show. Yes. I just watched the thing where it was like, how's Annie? How's Annie? And I'm like, and how many years has it been, Jr. Until you see this trailer? Uh, I mean, probably. I don't know like a year. A, a well, year. Th- this just says yeah, like 1992, so probably a year. And I was, I've, have you given up all hope on more Twin Peaks stuff? <laughs> no, I mean it came out after the, the, you know David Lynch was upset that the show was canceled and wanted to tell more stories okay. about it, and so he made this movie. And you're sitting in the theater, and you're just like, boy, I can't wait to see this cool movie, and then this trailer pops up. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jr. We're gonna watch this. Okay. Now. Here we go. All right. Cool. <laughs> Oh, Oh, boy. Did I predict this? You did, I think. I did, yeah, I think I did. My secret diary. That page is messy. There is no other person who could have known where it was. The soundtrack is so good. Did Bobby give you this? Or is there someone new? Mm. Laura disappeared. It's just me now. You made me write it all down. Don't do that. She doesn't like that. How do you know what she likes? Stop that! <laughs> Who am I? I don't know. You look just like my Laura. who plays Donna in that movie. Okay, well, I have facial blindness, so I probably wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, and so it'll, it might be a little weird for you to watch the yeah, movie, yeah. and you're like, who is this This is a big, this is a big deal. T- Tess, would you, uh, it's my impression that the fan community prefers the Donna in Firewalk with Me. I like, would you would you concur? I concur. I think that most people like the Donna in the movie, and I actually I think I prefer the Donna in the movie too. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Jr.? Do you which Donna is your Donna? Uh, you know, I I think that she was okay uh, in the first two seasons, and actually, I most people don't like how she did it in the finale. But I thought that her uh, reaction to Ben being her real father and her emotional reaction of calling 
Doc Hayward Daddy was like really well done by the time it's after this episode. Uh, but uh, I'm perfectly happy with uh, Donna as portrayed in Fire Walk with Me. Yeah, well. I, yeah. Um, I, Eric, I would also love to tell you some other actors that yeah. are in Fire Walk with Me, but I feel like you wouldn't care because you don't, you don't really follow I'd be, celebrities. I'd be like, I don't know who any of these people are. Although I think you know who Kiefer Sutherland is. I've so. heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know the singer Chris Isaac? No. Okay. <laughs> You're, you're oh, in for a real treat. Yeah, it looks good though. Um, it's really it looks, it looks dark. It makes me think a little dark. bit. It's probably not the same thing, but it makes me think a little bit of like when Firefly ended, and uh-huh. people are like, "Oh, yeah. it kind of makes me think of that." I, I don't know if it's the same type of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's it's not like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> and also, Eric, I do I do want you like you know a lot of people are worried about you watching this movie. Oh, I we've, forgot we've about that. This. Oh no. Um, I I do feel like. You're, you're not gonna want to watch this one with your daughter. Yeah. Like, well, from looking at that trailer, I think you might be right. I was about to say, I feel like as a father, you might have some like extra feels about yeah, this movie yeah. that I don't have. Um, but like you probably will. It is interesting because so from watching the trailer, it looks like it takes place before the beginning of Twin Peaks, or at mm-hmm. least parts of it do. Um, and that some of the characters we may know how they end up. Um at the end, uh, based on the beginning of Twin Peaks, but not, like, their exact journey there. So, and then all the stuff with non-Cooper, I don't know if that's even going to be addressed in this damn movie. <laughs> we got to wait 25 years, maybe, you know? <laughs> so, we'll see. Eric, how many fish... Oh, thank you. I forgot about this whole thing. In yeah, a percolator, yeah. did you give this episode? You wouldn't guess. <laughs> there was a fish... In the parking lot. JR, if you had to give this uh, episode uh, out of five fish, five being the most fish that you could give an episode, how many fish in a percolator would you give this episode? Twelve rainbow trout. <laughs> My God, the percolator exploded. There's coffee and fins everywhere. It's incredible. <laughs> Eric. Um, if we're breaking our own scale, 24 rainbow trout. Whoa. Whoa. You really liked this episode. I did. I thought it, it was good enough that I was like, maybe it's time for me to, because I've often wanted to go back and rewatch the show where I'm not like waiting, you know, uh-huh. Fortnite or even more. It. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, just kind of like go through and so I can see those connections a little bit more. And then after this one, I wanted to even more. So that's a sign of a, of a really good Really good episode. So I I gave it zero. I, I gave it five out of yeah, five. Yeah, it was very it's good. Great. Like uh, like Jr. said uh, earlier, I also agree. It's one of the the most important hours of television. However, Twin Peaks: The Return, oh boy, is a whole nother a whole nother. You know, level. the thing too is. Um, this movie will be, as far as I know, the first David Lynch movie I've that you've watched. ever watched. So it will yeah. be because I've seen a show, right? Mm-hmm. But movie, it's a different format, yes. right? There's different rules with the movie, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch this. I gotta figure out where to watch it at. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> no, I have a DVD and I'll give it. Oh, to you, you can let me borrow yeah. it. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I hadn't considered this. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's actually a Criterion Collection mm-hmm. that version of it, I think, and. Um, you, there's also a collection of clips called the missing pieces yes. that were cut from the original movie. Uh, you guys have meant, you mentioned it before, Tess, but you should totally watch those before you watch the return. And whether you want to do a separate show about it or yeah. not, yeah, should we watch? The uh, missing pieces is a collection of all of the scenes cut from Firewalk with Me, and according to David Lynch, they are all canon. 
<laughs> right. Oh, I mean, and, and, and really, the, there's, a, there's a pretty compelling theory that when he set about sort of collating and collecting these uh, unseen clips to be released is when he sort of get got his mind moving on the return. Mm. So how, how it is, it is important. Like if you put them together. It's I, about, I think it's all together, it's like 45 movie. minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe maybe what we'll tend to... So a production meeting, we can do the movie on the next episode. Maybe we do an episode just on those clips. Maybe. Have yeah. you watched those before? I, you know what, Eric? I have not watched So this would be... So the criteria? I know of them. Yeah, so the, yeah there's, a, there's a Criterion Collection uh, edition of the movie, which is not the edition that I have, but we can, we can try and track it down. I've got, like, the old school, like... Okay. This. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you have to get the Criterion version necessarily to see the missing pieces. Okay. Yeah, because we could... We, I think those were put together earlier in an earlier edition. I don't know. Okay. I mean, Maybe we can just watch the movie and then another one just find the pieces. Yeah, you know? we'll, we'll find those pieces. We'll, fi- we'll find those they pieces. Won't be missing yeah. They won't be missing We're going to find those missing pieces and they're going to be the found and, pieces. And you, you, there might be a fan edit where they actually took the missing pieces and put them into the back into the oh, movie. Snap. You mean if like I, if I can find that, I'll 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 I'll, I'll, mean, I'll, I'll send it to you on Signal. All right, thank you. Or something. Is it kind of like that <laughs> fan edit of Star Wars Episode One where they added more Jar Jar Binks into it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's they the one. That's the one I, Binks. Yeah, that's the one I've got. You know, that's the one I got. All the characters right. replaced by George Binks. That's the only one I have ever watched. Actually, that's my, right. George Binks, Binks was a character in and of himself that stood outside of the plot. Yeah, yeah. central to George we Lucas's knew, visions. We all knew that he says was looking beyond the Bordens. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god, guys, so Dale Cooper. This was a big episode. Uh, not just the show, but for our cast, like this is a long one. Yes. but I mean, we had Jr. with us. We it's did. a season finale. We got a big movie coming up. I mean, holy smokes! We had right? to do it. Yeah, Jr. Yeah. Thank you so so. Thank you, Jr. So, so much for doing oh, it. Us. It's entirely my pleasure. It's so fun to relive this episode and learn things about it that I didn't know until like literally 24 hours ago. <laughs> and um, and you guys are so so kind to have me on as a guest. It's really my pleasure. Thank you, Jr. We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to uh, this podcast. And you can email us if you want to email us. uh, Samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Remember, every email you send us is another entry to win Eric and Mai's secret diaries. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. If you want to win those secret diaries, send us an email, and I am manning the email, so you can write spoilers in there if you want. Yeah, if you guys would like to follow us on Twitter, just to, I don't know, if we ever find ourselves like in another month-long hiatus or something, we might (laughs) say something out there. Our Twitter handle is at same team, y'all. That's the name of our other podcast where Tess and I talk about stuff we love, tell us from library life, lessons that we've learned um, every single moment of our lives. We're learning lessons. I'm learning a lesson right now. I'm <laughs> learning so much. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And JR, do you do you have your coffee? Do we hand you? We're here. We're handing you some coffee right now. You want your coffee? Oh, I have some yeah, coffee. Yeah. Right oh here. boy, this oh. coffee. It's ooh, it's ooh. coffee's hot. It's so it's, hot. it's and almost as hot as it is gelatinous. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah, my coffee. It's it's frozen ooh. solid. It is it is in a state of. It's frozen. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. 
Hey, should we? What are we saying goodbye to JR for real? That's <laughs> right. Okay, here we're still dancing. Sorry. We're gonna do an interpretive dance. Cause he doesn't know. Yeah. Cause of the music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna say goodbye to JR for real. <laughs> Stop.